From Upstate Medical University, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Most of us realize there are things we can do or not do to reduce our risk of developing cancer. Here to share the latest principles of cancer prevention is Dr. Leslie Coleman. She's the Associate Director for Community Outreach for the Upstate Cancer Center. Thank you for being here. Thanks. It's great to be here. Now, is it true that lifestyle modifications can prevent up to 42% of cancers? That is absolutely true. And that means that close to half of all the cancers that we diagnose now could have been prevented by lifestyle changes. That's really a huge number. It is. Okay. Um, So the big one that we've probably all heard before has to do with tobacco. Right. Um, And that's not just Uh, smoking and lung cancer. There's other cancers that are affected, right? right? Tobacco use in all forms is linked to a number of different types of cancer, lung, mouth, throat, pancreas, bladder, cervix, kidney, and tobacco use is the cause of the more than half of the cancer deaths in the whole world. And tobacco being cigarettes, chewing tobacco, secondhand smoke, e-cigarettes, all of that. All of that. Now, e-cigarettes are not a tobacco product, but they have nicotine in them. And there's some very new preliminary evidence that shows that at least in a mouse model, the nicotine itself can create changes in the DNA, which are precursors to cancer. So stay tuned. Interesting. Now, for someone who um, is a smoker or has been a smoker for many years, is it worthwhile um, to quit now or has the damage already been done? It's never too late to quit. Besides risk of cancer, smoking and tobacco use causes so many other diseases, including heart and vascular disease and stroke. And the minute you stop smoking, those risks begin to subside. Your lungs stop deteriorating at such a fast rate, and eventually your cancer risk does go down, although never as low as a never smoker. Okay, that's good to know. Now, what about diet? Diet is very important in cancer prevention. The Two main things in diet are to eat a healthy diet, meaning plenty of fruits and vegetables, and avoiding obesity and limiting red meat and particularly grilled and processed meat such as hot dogs, lunch meat, etc. Okay. Um, And are you saying that vegetarian is healthier in terms of cancer prevention or... In terms of meat, it's mostly red meat, and even for sure worse is the processed meat. The bacon and sausage are very much cancer-causing agents. Grilled meat as well, but luckily you can reduce that risk by marinating your meat and throwing the marinade away. Don't make a sauce out of it before you grill or broil meat because the burnt meat no matter how delicious, is a cancer-causing factor. And marinating ahead of time will prevent it It from... It reduces it greatly. Okay. Does it matter the marinade? No, I don't think it really matters. Usually they have some acid on it. Um, 
Usually there's vinegar or lemon juice and maybe okay. some healthy oil, some herbs. I've even read that rosemary and thyme are a little helpful in terms of reducing these factors that form when you grill red meat. Okay. Well, while we're talking about diet, what about alcohol? Because I've seen both ways on that. that it's... Yes. So alcohol in terms of cancer is definitely a risk factor. Excess use of alcohol can increase your risk of cancer of the breast, colon, lung, kidney, and liver. And the maximum amount of alcohol that is safe is two drinks a day for men and one drink a day for women. And a drink is uh, 12 ounces of beer, five ounces of wine, or a shot of hard spirits. And we're learning even more subtly that as much as little as a half a glass of wine a day can increase a woman's risk of breast cancer. Interesting. And but you emphasize excess use is more dangerous, or right? Well, more, more risky. is worse for sure. Okay. There's very little that's really safe in terms of cancer risk. We recommend that if you already drink, do so in moderation, less than one drink a day for women and less than two drinks a day for men. If you don't drink, don't start for any supposed health benefits because it has a negative effect on other aspects of health, yes. Is it um, true, too, that there's uh, something about a combination of smoking and drinking together that makes the, that increases the risk even more? Yes. There are certain cancers that are highly uh, related to both smoking and drinking, for instance, cancer of the esophagus. However, we believe that there's substances in both alcohol and tobacco that can make other carcinogens more effective. They facilitate each other. So that's a particularly bad combination. Okay. Well, related to food and diet um, is weight. And uh, what does weight have to do with cancer? Well, we really recommend that everybody maintain a healthy weight. And we've learned now that after tobacco use, obesity is the second most prevalent cause for cancer. And this has partly to do with diet and much to do with factors we're not clear of, but the fat that accumulates in various parts of the body, especially inside the abdomen, produces toxic substances and make people much more prone to cancer. Especially obese women have a much higher rate of breast cancer and endometrial cancer than normal weight women. So it really is an unfortunate high risk factor for cancer. Okay. Well, I've got some more questions, but first, let me remind listeners, this is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with the Associate Director for Community Outreach for the Upstate Cancer Center, Dr. Leslie Komen. Um, What about sun protection? Is that still important? That's still very important because skin cancer is the most common form of cancer, and bad skin cancers that can really 
limit your life, such as melanoma, are more common than they used to be. We, we recommend that you avoid the midday sun, stay in shade, and cover up as much as possible, and use sunscreen very liberally. Use a lot. Smear it on and repeat. And do not use artificial tanning lamps, tanning sunbeds. Spray on tan is okay because that doesn't have sunlight, but tanning beds are really bad, and we're happy to see that the use of tanning beds by teenage girls is starting to diminish a little bit. So we really hope that pretty soon no one under the age of 18 would be even allowed to use a tanning bed. We're not there yet, but we hope that this use will continue to decline because it's been cause of a large number of melanomas in young women. Okay, well that is good news. Now people from older generations especially may be surprised to hear that there are immunizations that can provide some protection against cancer. So tell us about those. Yes, there's two in particular. One is a hepatitis B vaccination. Hepatitis B is one of the causes of liver cancer. Liver cancer is also caused by hepatitis C, which is particularly prevalent among people of the baby boomer generation. Right. Unfortunately, we don't have a vaccine for that yet, but we recommend that all baby boomers be tested for hepatitis C and be treated for it if it's found to prevent the de development of liver cancer. However, hepatitis B does have a vaccine and people in general should be vaccinated against that. Okay. Most important right now, what we've recently developed and learned is human papillomavirus or HPV vaccination. This is a vaccination that should be given to every child, boy and girl, between the ages of 11 and 13. They have to have two shots a few months apart. It used to be three, so it's easier now. And it's most effective when given at the age of 11 or 12. If it's not administered till the mid-teens, the immune system is not as effective at processing it. So your best shot at good immunity is between the ages of 11 and 12. And this can almost completely eliminate cancer of the cervix and also greatly reduce cancers of the anus, penis, and some other cancers that we're just learning about now. Okay. And these are part of recommended childhood vaccinations. Right. This now, is so. part of a routine cancer or routine vaccination schedule in children. And in fact, if you look at routine well child care, it's all based on healthy diet, encouraging physical activity, preventing smoking, getting appropriate vaccinations. So it's all part of cancer care, keeping your baby out of the sun. So we are practicing cancer prevention from the time a child is born, and this should continue throughout life. Okay. Well, I want to ask you about environmental factors as well, um, things that, that are preventable, but um, air, uh, air pollution, is that right. still? Right. Air pollution is coming to be seen as more and more a risk factor for lung cancer. We know that Asbestos is a risk factor for cancer. Radon exposure is a risk factor for lung cancer. And heavy metals, nickel, mercury, people who work in these industries, 
it's pretty well protected now for workers in these industries, but in years past, exposure to some of those were definite causes of cancer. Radium used to be used on watch dials to mm. make them light up in the dark, and the young women who did that work died extremely commonly from a very awful cancer. That was back in the first half of the 20th century. Okay. All right. Well, let me ask you about um, annual checkups. When, If you're a relatively healthy person and you go to a primary care provider annually for a checkup, how much of that exam is focused on cancer? Well, the visit should be focused a lot on prevention of all chronic diseases, including cancer. And this is coaching about diet, about tobacco cessation, about maintaining a healthy weight, about getting enough exercise, about checking the status of your hepatitis C and hepatitis B uh, exposure. And there are a couple of specific cancer prevention interventions. One is the pap smear, which if it finds a precancerous lesion, can that those problems can be treated and cured and cancer completely prevented. And that pap smear is for cervical cancer? Right. Okay. And for, um, for colorectal cancer, a test for colorectal cancer can identify polyps, which are precancerous, and they can be removed and cancer prevented. The other tests we have for cancer, such as mammography, and CT scan for lung cancer are early detection. They don't prevent the cancer, they find it early. Prevention is always better than cure, even when a cancer's found early. But we do know that pap smear and colorectal cancer screening can prevent precancerous problems developing into cancer. So that's part of the uh, annual exam is for the precancers, but also per, for early detection if possible. If a patient is at risk for a certain type of cancer, then an appropriate screening test should be done. All right. Well, terrific. Thank you so much for the information. I appreciate you being here. Um, my guest has been Dr. Leslie Coleman. She's the Associate Director for Community Outreach for the Upstate Cancer Center. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.